You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Listen, the church is a community that Jesus designed for believers. It's a family that Jesus designed for believers. A place where believers can hear, learn, grow, and practice Christ-likeness. That's the purpose for the church. It's a place where we come together so that we can hear, learn, grow, and practice Christ-likeness. Pastor Dion is excited today about what it means to be born again. Here's the amazing thing. Before you were born again, supernaturally, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you were in a different family. You were descended from Adam, and your inheritance was the curse of sin and death. But because your spirit's revived and reborn, you have a different father. He's God, and your brother is Jesus. That means that your inheritance is the same inheritance that Jesus has. In Jesus, you'll never die. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 5 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Acts chapter 5, let's pray. Father, thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for saturating us with your spirit. Thank you for teaching us your word so that we can grow, so that we can mature into the Christians that we need to be, that we should be, all for your honor and glory. Lord, we, we promise to listen. We promise to adopt and apply the message so that, Lord, our lives can be transformed and they can be a wonderful reflection of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, listen. There are some people in the world who obsess about what other people think about them. There are some people in the world who obsess about how other people see them. They want to be liked. They want to be followed. They want to be admired. So here's what they do. They paint and portray a pretty profile of themselves. Kind of like Johnny Bravo, you know what I'm saying? Man, I'm pretty, right? They paint it. Look at your neighbor and say, they paint it. They paint and portray a profile, the pretty profile of themselves. Their profile is more than just an airbrushed photo. It's an airbrushed persona. Cool, sleek, fly, fun, adventurous, smart. Wealthy. Every picture in their profile projects the perfect person, the perfect spouse, the perfect catch, the perfect ten, the perfect life. Look at me, I'm living the dream, is what their pictures say. Check me out. They say, like me. But building that perfect profile can be a lot of work and even somewhat dangerous. You probably didn't know, but one of the top five reasons for accidental death is this. Everybody say it, what? Selfies! Everybody say it again, what? Selfies! 
No, I'm not kidding. Top five, right up there with car accidents, plane crashes, and anaphylactic shock is selfies. People lean too far or they go too far just to make themselves look good. And instead of the drop-dead gorgeous shot, they just drop dead. Uh, ah! Splat! Well, there's a couple in our chapter today who leaned too far, who went too far just to look good and ended up dead. Their names are, say them with me, Ananias and Sapphira. Say them out loud. Ananias and Sapphira. But before we read their story, I'll paint you a little bit of the background. Now, Jesus had just resurrected from the dead and ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit that Jesus promised to send had just arrived descended upon the apostles in the upper room. It was a wonderful experience. And just like Jesus said, the Holy Spirit empowered the disciples to share and to shine. The Holy Spirit had come upon them. It had inspired them and filled them to share God's Word and to promote God's Word and Jesus Christ. And they were doing it. The disciples were letting their light shine. And this began happening. Let's say the word. What is it? Revival. Say it again. Revival. The word revival means to come alive. See, as the disciples shared and shined, people's faith in Jesus was coming alive. People were waking up to who Jesus was. And they were believing in Him as their Savior. Well, guys, that's exactly what God wants for everyone. In fact, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 says this. Read it with me. God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Would you read that last part with me again? And come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what God desires. So it was happening. God's desire was happening. Salvation, people were responding to the sharing and shining of the apostles. People were responding. There was an awakening going on. And people were coming to be saved and coming to the knowledge of the truth. In fact, the phrase, come to the knowledge of the truth, can be interpreted as revival. God wants you and everyone around you to experience illumination, inspiration. He wants them to experience that aha. Say it with me. What? Aha. He wants them to experience that aha, also known as revival. Say the word again. What? Revival. So the disciples were sharing and shining, and revival was erupting. Thousands of people up to this point were coming to the Lord. Something else at this point. Something else that Jesus promised started to materialize. It's called the, everybody said out loud, the what? The church. Look at your neighbor and say, the church. So the apostles are sharing and shining. 
Revival is taking place. There's an awakening and people are responding to the message. And something else begins to develop that Jesus had promised. The church. Listen, the church is a community that Jesus designed for believers. It's a family that Jesus designed for believers. A place where believers can hear, learn, grow, and practice Christ-likeness. That's the purpose for the church. It's a place where we come together so that we can hear, learn, grow, and practice Christ-likeness. Church is crucial to our spiritual growth and shouldn't be neglected. We need to, and everybody say it out loud, what? Get plugged in. In fact, look at your neighbor. They're already here. But look at them and say, get plugged in. Look at them and tell them that. Get plugged in. Here's what the Scripture actually says about that. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. It says, you should not... Actually, you read it with me for all the people who are listening. Okay, Read it with me. You should not stay away from the church meetings as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. Do this even more as you see the day of Jesus' return getting closer. Isn't that awesome, guys? So everybody say, stay plugged in. Get plugged in, stay plugged in. Well, guys, the new believers in the first church here in the book of Acts were plugging in. The apostles are sharing and shining. Revival's taking place. The church is beginning to uh, surface and manifest just as Jesus had said He would. He would build His church. And so all of that's coming together. And these people, as they're coming together, they're getting plugged in. Everyone within that church was contributing whatever and wherever they could. Some were hosting, some were greeting, some were cleaning, some were teaching. But people were giving of their time, their talent, and their treasure. That's what we're supposed to do. Look at your neighbor and tell them that. That's what we're supposed to do within the church. Well, the Apostle Paul illustrated in the book of Romans that very thing, that that's what we as a church, as a people, as a community, a family of Jesus should be doing. The Apostle Paul illustrated it like this. He said, just like our physical bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so the church, the body of Christ, has many members, and each member has a special function. Everyone should contribute. In fact, Paul went on to say this in Romans chapter 12. Here's what he said. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So whatever the gift God has given you, everybody say it out loud, Use it, whether it be sharing, serving, encouraging, teaching, helping, giving, leading, or loving. Take the responsibility seriously. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. Everybody say the word, enthusiastically. Isn't that awesome, guys? A little bit of motivation. Look at your neighbor and say, hey. Get sparked up. Look at your neighbors and get sparked up. 
Well, the church, the early church, was practicing that. Many people were coming to the Lord. The community of believers, the family of, of God was coming together and they were all beginning to contribute to the work that God had designed for the church to do. They were practicing that. In fact, one man in that congregation was especially generous. He was especially generous with all three things, his time, his talent, and his treasure. And the apostle Paul, excuse me, the apostles gave him a nickname. The nickname is, everybody say the word, Barnabas. Say it again, what? Barnabas. So the guy's real name was Jonas, but I mean, he was always there at the church. He was always contributing. It was his heart to see the work of the church grow and develop. And so the apostles called him Barnabas, which means encourager. Say it out loud, what? Encourager. So, isn't that awesome? Let's actually read the story. We'll pick it up from here in Acts chapter 4 and verse 36. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So here's this guy, Barnabas, who is an encourager. He's involved with the church, and he does that. Barnabas, the word means, again, everybody say encouragement. It was that Barnabas, encouragement was a nickname. And the name reflected Jonas's or the guy's character who he was, what he did. Now, if people at church gave you a nickname, what would it be? Faithful? Friendly? Joyful? Grumpy? Flaky? Selfish? Hey, don't shoot the messenger now. Barnabas, (laughs) I love it. This guy, Barnabas, encouraged people to believe. He encouraged people to be faithful. He encouraged people to be fruitful. That's the reason he was called Barnabas. And Barnabas put his money where his mouth was. Barnabas believed in the power of God's Word and the power of God's church, and he invested in both of them. We saw it. Jesus said this about doing that. Jesus said, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm going to read it again. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, our bank accounts are personal manifestos. Our spending reveals our beliefs and our values. Well, Barnabas' heart was in what the church was doing. The church was all about preaching the gospel and making disciples. And Barnabas' heart was in it. Barnabas supported it generously. His contribution that he brought that day would help the church do more and go further. And it caused the people at the church to rejoice. Everybody, we should cheer for Barnabas. Way to go, Barnabas! Yeah! Don't worry, you're not going to steal his reward. He already got it. Yeah, Barnabas, right? It was awesome. It's a beautiful thing. 
So chapter 4 ends with a godly man doing a godly thing. Unfortunately, chapter 5 starts with the word but. Everybody said what? But. But what? But here comes a man following Barnabas that wants to look godly without being godly. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. Let's read it, chapter 5 and verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also, being aware of it, and this Ananias brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Same as Barnabas. But Peter said, Ananias... Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. And everybody say, So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And again, everybody, And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Smoking. So Ananias, this guy, wanted to be seen. When this all started, he wanted to be seen in the same light as Barnabas. He wanted to be seen as spiritual, encouraging. He wanted to be seen as generous. He wanted to be seen as a hero. Ananias wanted to be liked and followed the same way Barnabas was. So just like Barnabas, Ananias sold a piece of property. But Ananias asked his wife to join him in lying about the amount They agreed to tell everyone that they were giving all the money from the sale to the church. But in reality, they were only giving a portion. It's a lie. It's a scheme. It's a deception. Like the doctor who answered the phone and heard a familiar voice of a colleague on the other end of the line. We need a fourth for poker. The doctor said, I'll be right over. As he was putting on his coat, his wife asked, is it serious? He said, oh yes, sweetheart, quite serious. 
In fact, there are already three doctors there already. Deception. Everybody said out loud what? Deception. Ananias had schemed, had lied, had conspired. And so Ananias walked over to the church. He announced the sale of his property and handed the bag of cash to Peter. Ananias absorbed all the oohs and the ahs. He absorbed the adulation and the applause. He leaned back to catch a selfie with Pastor Peter holding the bag of money in his hand. And that's when things went south. Peter had a confused look on his face. He asked Ananias if in fact he sold the land for the amount that was in the bag. I'm sure that Ananias got that deer-in-the-headlight look. Oh, you recognize it, huh? I'm sure that it took him by surprise. A thousand questions filled Ananias' head. How does Peter know? Who told him? Or does he really know? Should I tell the truth? But if I tell the truth, everyone's going to know that I'm all broth and no beans. And then what nickname will they give me? Liar, liar, pants on fire? Wannabe? Poser? Phony? Ananias was under conviction. You know, that's the feeling when you hit the rumble strips on the road. When you've gone a little too far. He was feeling the tension, the pressure. You see, Peter's question was really a window for repentance. An opportunity to come clean. Death hadn't happened yet. Judgment hadn't been issued yet. The question that Peter asked was a chance to come clean. God is so gracious that way. Giving us a way out giving us a chance to make it right. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 says this. Read it with me. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you, everybody, a way out so that you can endure. Say it out loud. Take the exit, dude. Say it out loud. Take the exit, dude. Look at your neighbor and tell him the same thing. Take the exit, dude. But Ananias rejected God's way of escape. He held on to the lie and punched the accelerator. Here's what he said. That's my story and I'm sticking to it, Peter. As we cling to the simple This has been another edition of The Simple Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Jesus changed history, and when he changed history, he changed the world. Throughout the book of Acts, we get a glimpse into the early church and just how much Jesus' life impacted those around him. Jesus showed humankind not only how to live and love, but how to spread the love of the Father to the world. 
Here at The Simple Truth, we pray that you learn to live and love just as Jesus did. And once you do that, we pray that you share his love with the world, just as the disciples did. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in the New Testament books. And we'd love to pray for you during this season as well. So please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and be sure to join us again next time, right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we claim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together.